think, James, win or a loss? You know what? I believe that Green Bay game will be part of their losses. And the reason being is because the pass rush. The Jaguars are very young at the defensive end position. And as much as I would like for them to win, and they are fully <clears throat> capable of beating the Green Bay Packers, don't get me wrong. But their pass rush as of now isn't where it needs to be on the edges because they're very young there with Dante Fowler and Yannick Ngakwe to uh, beat a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who you could argue is probably the best quarterback in the game right now. Now, if those two guys can get going and they can get Aaron Rodgers on the ground, they stand a tremendous chance to win, though. All right. Um, and real quick, like we'll roll through this. Uh, win or loss at San Diego is week two for the Jaguars. I got them with a win there in San Diego. They typically struggle when traveling to the West Coast, and they typically struggle against the, um, the San Diego Chargers. But I do think they have the talent this year to beat the San Diego Chargers. Um, when you look at San Diego, they really struggle against the rush. And I believe that Chris Ivory will be able to get the job done uh, when they face the San Diego Chargers. Of course, you know, that was one of the big pickups for the Jaguars during the offseason was getting Chris Ivory, who, of course, led the uh, AFC last year in rushing uh, with the Jets. Uh, how much is that going to mean, you think, for the Jags' running attack? Oh, it's going to mean a lot for them. And a lot of his success, in my opinion, depends on uh, what's in front of him with Luke Jokel at that guard position because I think, aside from him, the Jaguars are suited to run the ball very well. And if Jokel brings his plate to the table and does his job, I think Chris Ivory will end up having a good season. And this is a guy that was a pro bowler last year, and he can certainly be a pro bowler with the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Now, you know, the Jags have, uh, as I said, they have vastly improved. Uh, I mean, you've got uh, probably two of the best wide receivers in all of football in Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. And now you add to that uh, Chris Ivory that we just talked about. We can't forget about T.J. Yeldon. I mean, we got some playmakers behind Blake Bortles this year. Absolutely. They are, without a doubt, one of the most talented offenses in the league. It's just a matter of will they put it together? Can uh, Blake Bortles limit the mistakes and the interceptions? especially the ones in the red zone that will really help them. But when you look at what's around him, they have talent. They added Kelvin Beecham at left tackle to protect his blind side. That should help a lot, even though, you know, Kelvin Beecham did tear his ACL last year. Once he gets acclimated, I think he'll be fine. Uh, you look at Chris Ivory, as we talked about, and even T.J. Yeldon, who showed some promise in the uh, offseason and in the preseason. So you got two change of pace running backs, and then you probably got the two best, young receivers under the age of 25 in the league probably the best duo under that age in the allen brothers so as they call them so when you look at all of those tools you you can certainly see the jaguars having one of those playoff caliber offenses when it's all said and done if you ask me and i think you know if they do get into the playoffs it will be because of their young offense one of the biggest matchups, I think, in this game, uh, James, in my opinion, is going to watch is going to be to watch Jordy Nelson, who is back after being out missing last year with an injury. Jordy Nelson going up against the Jaguars' uh, number one pick, Jalen Ramsey, out of Florida State. I tell you what, this should be quite the matchup to watch on Sunday. Absolutely, I've said on your show plenty of times last year 
that aside from the uh, Jaguars receiver court, Jordy Nelson is my favorite receiver in the league because of what he offers as a deep threat, uh, because of his uh, route running ability, and just he he can typically do it all. Now, as you said, he's coming off an ACL injury. He's going to be probably lining up against Jalen Ramsey, maybe Devon House, because, you know, Devon House is a guy that's familiar with Jordy Nelson. He used to be a Green Bay Packer himself, so he's a guy that's lined up against him. It'll be interesting to see what they do against him, but I think if it's Jalen Ramsey, the rookie on him, I think he'll be ready for the challenge. Um, I think the Jaguars really can't afford to double-team Jordy Nelson as good as he is. They kind of have to let whoever is on him go man-to-man on him because the Green Bay Packers have weapons all over the field, and they can't just solely focus on Jordy Nelson. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about guarding Jordy Nelson. But that's going to be one of the matchups I'm watching is Jordy Nelson against Jalen Ramsey, Devon House, or Prince of Mucamera. You know, I'm kind of ashamed to ask this, and being a sports show host, uh I should know this. Uh, did Nick Marshall make the cut? Actually, he was cut, but they named him to the practice squad this year. So well, he still is a Jacksonville Jaguar. And he, um, he, this is a guy in Nick Marshall that me and you, we've talked on plenty of times. Uh, he, he got some playing time last year. He made the, um, the final 53 roster, a guy with some talent and a guy that they certainly don't want to give up on and a guy that Gus Bradley – uh, really likes because, as I've said in the past, you know, this is a guy that they pretty much follow since the senior bowl and a guy that's come to them personally and told them that, hey, you know, I want to play defensive back in the NFL. So you, you have to think that goes for a lot for them, and they, they do want to hold on to him and further develop him. Well, I, and I, I, I thought they had cut him, and I wasn't sure. I knew there was talk about them re-signing him, and I, did, I must have missed that. So I gotta be honest with you, that, that's a head scratcher for me there. Um, I, I don't know if it just speaks to, uh, the additional talent that the Jags have got this year, because, uh, I think Marshall is about as talented a player as you're gonna find. Of course, I'm a little bit biased. He came out of Wilcox County and then, of course, was a standout player over at Auburn. I just, um, I don't know. Is, is, just, is it just a, a deal where he doesn't fit? into the Jags' current plans? Or, I mean, what what's the situation with Marshall? It's, it's, to me, it's just a matter of the numbers game, Phil, when you look at it. They weren't expecting Jalen Ramsey to fall in their lap at where, where they were at number five. So that, that adds one more receiver, or should I say mm-hmm. one more cornerback. And then you also have, they added Prince Amukamara. And another thing to take into account here is Aaron Colvin, who is suspended. He's going to be suspended the first four weeks of the season so they kind of had it to account for him on the roster but at the same time he won't be able to play the first four weeks which you know that's that's a big deal with them so basically when you look at the numbers game they're stacked at the top of the depth chart this year uh in terms of you know the additions they made at the cornerback spot so it's not so much that Nick Marshall isn't talented it's more so much that they got some talent that they weren't expecting to get and also the Aaron Colvin situation with him being suspended made it a numbers game to where they couldn't afford to probably uh, keep Nick Marshall on the um, roster, which, you know, he offers a lot, don't get me wrong. And he's a good guy on special teams as well. So uh, this is a guy that if bearing an injury happens, I think they could name him to the actual roster from practice squad if need be because he has NFL experience 
and he did play a lot. He played a few games, should I say, last year. Now, you talked about this pass rush. Let's talk about that for the Jags. That's an area that obviously we need to get better at as well as pass protection. But let's start with the defensive line. I mean, we got Malik Jackson, of course, coming over from Denver. Highest played Jag, if I'm not mistaken. You got the return of Dante Fowler uh, at defensive end. Shouldn't we see quite an improvement right away in this defensive front? Absolutely, we should. And we might not see it immediately uh, for Jags fans listening because, as I said, they're a little young on the outside, but in the interior, they are very, I guess you could say, veteran savvy in the middle. So a lot of their pressure in the beginning of the season, I believe, is going to come from the interior. And as those guys get acclimated on the outside and and Gakwe and uh, Dante Fowler, as they get suited with the NFL and learn the game more, as the season, or should I say, or the weeks go by, those guys will start to get better. But in the beginning, I am expecting them to struggle a little bit on the outside. So the most of the pressure, in my opinion, will have to come from the interior with Malik Jackson, as you said, the $90 million man. And Sendarit Marks, who had a good preseason, he wrecked havoc all preseason, or at least the games that he played in. And uh, he's a veteran for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he gives them – a rotation like the Denver Broncos had with Derek Wolf and Malik Jackson. How has, of course, a lot of excitement about Miles Jack, uh, the UCLA product. Of course, there's a, there was some a little bit of a concern uh, with uh, it being uh, common knowledge that he will need uh, additional knee surgery. But uh, talk about the play of Miles Jack in the preseason. Uh, is he ready to go? Yes, yeah, basically with Miles Jack. It was a case of him, you know, trying to get acclimated and learn the NFL game. And not only that, do it by learning different positions. He played in multiple positions in the preseason. Um, against the Falcons in their last preseason game, he played at the weak side linebacker position. And that's the side, as most people know, that's the side where typically it isn't ran to as much as the other side, basically. And he's also played and in the middle as Paul Puzlesny's successor. Paul Puzlesny has been bringing him along in training camp, teaching him the ways of the NFL, showing him the ropes. So he's a guy that, you know, he hasn't been able to play to his full potential because he's still learning the game, and in his credit, he's learning a lot of things that at the moment right now. But he's a guy that when you look at what he did in the preseason, that you can absolutely say he's going to probably flourish at some point in his career as an NFL player because the talent is there, the the potential is there, he has the IQ, and uh, this is a guy that, you know, is a rare athlete. I mean, one of the best players I've ever evaluated in the draft, one of the most versatile players I ever evaluated in the draft, period. We're talking to my buddy James Johnson. He follows the Jaguars about as close as anybody that, uh, that we speak with. That's why I love having him on as we preview the Jaguars' uh, season-opening game against the Green Bay Packers over at Everbank Field Sunday afternoon. And, by the way, speaking of the uh, the Jaguars, I've got two tickets I'll be giving away after my conversation with James. And it's the last two tickets that I've got. So uh, be listening out. We'll run some Jaguars trivia by you. And uh, we will give you a chance to win those tickets to go see the Jags and the Green Bay Packers. Um, I know Packers are being picked by some to be the uh, uh, the Super Bowl favorite uh, this year, James. So, obviously, this is going to be a tough outing right out of the gate. What's your take on Green Bay? 
uh, this is a very good team. Um, as you said, a lot of people think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, me personally, I have them going to the championship round of um, of the NFC, uh, but I, I do have them being beat out by the Seattle Seahawks. But this is a team that they're stacked all the way around. This is a team that on offense they have a lot of weapons that they can go to. And now that they're healthy and they got Jordy Nelson back, that makes them even more dangerous. He takes the top off of coverages. Uh, they also have Randall Cobb that could do dirty work in the middle and just is simply a versatile weapon. And as I said, Aaron Rodgers is probably the MVP of the league, in my opinion, best quarterback in the league uh, under 35 and uh, just simply is one of the smartest guys in the NFL right now. Has the IQ, can make all the throws, and, uh, you know, this is a team that if you, you are modeling your team, to be a Super Bowl caliber team, this is one of the teams you look at, and this is one of the teams that you would have to go through to do so. Let's talk about some keys uh, to this game. First of all, for the Jaguars, I think one of the biggest things, and I know that uh, Gus Bradley and company really emphasized this throughout training camp, and that was they've got to play with more of an early sense of urgency, uh, James, coming out of the gate. They were one of the worst first-quarter teams last year, and that's got to change this year. Absolutely. they got to start fast. That's one thing. That was probably the number one thing they preached in terms of offense. And, I mean, even on defense, they could have started a little faster at times, too, uh, depending on how you look at it. But definitely on offense, they have to start fast because that's their strongest side of the ball, and they have to put up points early in the first quarter, in the second quarter, instead of being more of a second-half team. So uh, now that they added more weapons, you know, they have Chris Ivory, which is going to help that situation. They have multiple weapons around Blake Bortles. Uh, and Blake Bortles is more, you know, veteran savvy now. Uh, if you looked at the preseason, one thing that he worked on, or one thing that he was emphasizing is starting fast, as we said, and limiting the mistakes early in the game and limiting mistakes, you know, just throughout the game in general. So we have a much more savvy Blake, Blake Bortles on the side, on the offensive side of the ball now, which I think will help the Jaguars to start faster. And now that we can run the ball uh, and, and teams just can't focus on us passing the ball, I think it opens up the offense a lot more and uh, they can do some things early on in the game. Going back to the running back situation, how are the Jags planning to work Chris Ivory and T.J. Yeldon both from the running back's uh, position tomorrow or on Sunday, rather? As of yesterday, Gus Bradley actually uh, didn't really want to give his uh, show his hand in terms of what he's going to do there. Um, on, and when they spoke with him, the media spoke with him yesterday. So, I mean, from what he said, though, they plan to use them a good bit apiece. But he never indicated which one is going to start and who's going to get more snaps and, and why one would get more snaps than the other. He really didn't say too much on it because he wants to uh, basically, I mean, and all coaches do this, you know, you want the element of surprise, especially when you're going to get the team um, against like, like the Green Bay Packers. So in my opinion, I would think that I think that we'll see Chris Ivory more on goal line, even though some people could make the argument that, he isn't as good of a goal line back as you would think, being that he, he's such a bruising runner. But he's certainly a, a talented running back in the goal line area, just not as much as people think. But I would think that's where they want to use him mostly, is when it gets tough. You know, when you need tough yardage, when it gets to the nitty-gritty, 
is in that area, and I think he really could help them there. And I think they want to use T.J. Yeldon more as a change-of-pace guy, more of a guy to march them down the field to get them to the red zone. So that's the best indication I could give on uh, what they could do with those two. By the way, Green Bay going into this game, uh, what, what's the line on this? I'm hearing, what, four and a half, five points? Uh, I've heard four and a half was the last I heard for uh, Green Bay. Gotcha, gotcha. Finishing up this morning with uh, James Johnson. Uh, of course, he follows the Jacksonville Jaguars about as close as anybody. James, you going to be over there Sunday? Uh, I'm trying to make it feel, <laughs> but as I've told you, I work in the customer service field too, so it's a matter of if I can get off to make it to Jacksonville. So this is one I really do want to see. Um, I do have tickets to go to it. Uh, and hopefully I will be able to see this one because this, this one is one that will tell, you know, how much have the Jaguars improved in terms of veteran leadership. All right. And now let's uh, talk about, uh, some of the other, uh, games. So uh, did you have a chance to watch the game last night between Denver and uh, Carolina? Yes, sir. I caught bits and pieces of it and mainly the fourth quarter. So uh, what do you think, Denver? Uh, there's a lot of people saying that we're they think that we're going to have a rematch uh, in the Super Bowl with these two teams uh, uh, battling each other again. What's your th- what's your take on that? You know, now that I've seen Denver play a little bit yesterday, I don't think that there's going to be as a big of, of a drop off as it was initially because I, I thought this was a team that was going to be more along the lines of ten win team because of the questions they had at the quarterback position with Trevor Simeon. So uh, now that I've gotten to see them play, I mean, they've beaten a Carolina team that is still very good. That's pretty much the same Carolina team that went to the Super Bowl, aside from Josh Norman last year. And they went toe-to-toe with them and actually ended up beating them. I know Graham Gano missed the field goal at the end, but it really looks like they're not going to really miss Peyton Manning all that much, which is crazy to say. But I guess you that, that's also their defense and how good their defense is. This is a team that we know their defense is probably going to carry them. And they're one of the defenses that could just line up man-to-man across the board with any team in the league if they wanted to. So I think, you know, at first I was thinking they were a 10-win team, but now that I've seen them a little bit, I think they might be better than that. And I actually had the Chiefs winning their division. But I think now, just looking at them, I know it's just been one game, but I think the Broncos are going to be better than people expect, and they still probably could win their division now. All right, uh, James, let's uh, let's get a score from you. All right, Sunday, it's the Jaguars, the Packers, uh, from a packed Everbank field in Jacksonville, Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock. <clears throat> What's your take on the game, James? What's your score? What's my score? Now, I, as I've said, I think the Jaguars probably will end up losing this one, but it's going to be a hard-fought one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hard-fought one. So if they do lose, I think it'll be because they didn't put upwards of 20 points plus. So 17 to 21. And if they do win, I'm going to go 28 to 24. All right, so two different picks. If they <laughs> if they win, it's twenty eight twenty four. If they lose, twenty one seventeen. Yes, sir. And yeah. that, that's the key. I think the Jaguars 
have to get up upwards of 20 points to win this one. Yeah, I'm right around um, yeah, I'm right around 20 uh I I I got to tell you, I think this is going to be a shootout. Um okay. I I'm thinking something like uh 34-31 and, uh, oh, man, I wish I could pick the Jags. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a shootout. I really do. And, um, right. My heart wants to go with the Jags, brother. <laughs> Interestingly enough, um, senior analyst from CBS Sports, Pete Prisco, is one of the guys that's on record for saying that the Jaguars will upset the Green Bay Packers. Whoa. Yes. Yes, he believes that it will happen. And not only that, he believes the Jaguars will be the sole loss for the Green Bay Packers on this team. He believes they'll go 15-1 and one and the Jaguars will be the, the sole loss for the Green Bay Packers, which I would love to see happen. I would love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Boy, I tell you what, uh, let's start talking on a weekly basis about the uh, uh, the Jaguars. In fact, if you want, why don't we uh, – let's try to talk Monday if you can. Yes, sir, absolutely. I'll be on Monday – Around the same time, man. Hopefully talking about a win. All right, James. Well, listen, buddy. <clears throat> I hope you can make it over to the game. And, uh, hey, put put that work aside, man. You tell your boss <laughs> that uh, I'm going to the Jags game, brother. I hear you, man. I, and I, that's absolutely what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stand. I know you want to say that so bad. But, uh, all right. Well, I know we got mortgages to pay as well. So, uh you gotta gotta keep that in mind, James. Thanks so much for calling in, buddy. Always enjoy the conversation. Absolutely enjoy the show, Phil, and uh, love the program as usual. James, I appreciate that. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you on Monday. All right, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Bye, bye, James. All right, that's our buddy James Johnson, uh, who is a big. He's about as big as Jags fans and very knowledgeable. That's why I like having him on. 